0: Now, the Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hi there, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Whole Home Show. I'm Tony Joe, your host every week, bringing you tips, education, updates, and neat things on home related matters. Whether you're in the real estate market or if you're looking for decorating or improvement ideas for your home, this is a great place to be. Our show comes to you with the support of our show partners, Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Center's Modern Mortgage Group, J.P. Sellers, insurance advisor at Westland Insurance, operating as Island Savings Insurance, the Sitka Law Group for your real estate, wills and estates, corporate and personal injury needs, and Shoreline Building Inspections with Reese Jacob and Monica Gass. If you need help or direction in your real estate transaction, give the Whole Home Show team members a call. They would love to hear from you. And I can help you as well, too. I've been selling real estate here in Greater Victoria since 1991, over 29 years now. Uh, I'm a rare born and raised Victorian. I've never left here. I love our town. I'm a huge community supporter, and I've helped hundreds of people with their real estate purchases or sales. If you need another opinion or would like some professional help in your real estate transaction, give me a call. I'd be happy to talk to you. You can find our contact information, myself and the rest of the Whole Home Show team, by going to the cfax1070.com website, look under Shows. There you'll find the Whole Home Show and all of our contact information is there. You can also reach me through my team websites, the Prime Real Estate Team, primeteam.ca. We're going to have a fun episode today. we are doing something a little bit different. Uh, of course, our show supporter, Denise Webster, is a regular fixture here. On the whole home show she's gonna be my co-host this week we're gonna have a segment that we're calling why can't I why can't I do this why can't I do that with real estate in a way it's essentially the frequently asked questions things you've always wanted to know but have never asked hopefully we're gonna answer them for you here during this episode the idea is we're gonna have lots of fun which we always do anyways Uh, We always start off with a weekly listener question. And if you have one or a story to tell us, we'd love to hear from you. You can call us. The number is 250-414-6540, 250-414-6540. Or again, go to cfax1070.com and we'll discuss it on the air. Story that I want to bring up for you guys today is we're in a busier marketplace right now, so we're seeing a lot more of these bidding wars, multiple offers. This is the bane of any buyer's existence. Of course, sellers love them because it means that the seller's going to do well. They're going to um, get not only a top dollar, but hopefully unconditional offers and a quick sale. But, you know, we have buyers that just want to buy a house. And I remember when the market was super hot a number of years ago, Uh, poor buyers would have to try their hand at 10, 12, 15, sometimes even more properties, throwing in offers until such time as they finally got one. It's a tiring process, and it seems really unfair. You know, you're a buyer. You want to buy a house. You want to pay the price that the seller has listed the property at, uh, and yet you got to fight for it. Sometimes you got to pay a lot more money than what they're asking, Uh, Or in order to be competitive, you might need to waive conditions like no building inspection. Um, uh, Some people even did not have subject to financing in place, which we will talk about with Denise uh, a little bit later. So we're back now. We're seeing this uh, in certain uh, price segments, in certain areas too, where people are having to fight for homes. We had one this week where our buyer made an offer on a property. Everything was going fine until of course we get noticed that there's another offer coming in. Uh, I had a conversation with our buyer about the situation and what to expect. Uh, and then all of a sudden, the seller decided to accept the other offer. Like nobody likes to lose. Nobody likes to be the uh, non-winning party in a competitive situation. Uh, and of course, I started having conversations with our client, he, uh, They were frustrated because they made a really good, clean offer. They, they wrote the asking price of the property. Um, they had a condition to inspection, you know, because they are buying cash, actually, so they don't even need financing. Um, and that was typical because, of course, you know, you want to make sure that the house you're buying uh, doesn't have any major issues. So, again, they were frustrated uh, and then asked me the question, how come we weren't given the opportunity to submit a higher offer. And the reason is there are rules of engagement with multiple offers and a bidding war. And how it works is this. The seller, of course, has the opportunity to review all the offers. So the seller and their agent review the, uh, each offer on its own merits. Looks at things, not just price, looks at things like dates, looks at things like conditions, size of deposit, uh, and a number of other factors as well. Now, the seller has a number of uh, options that they can do. The first one is they can accept one of the offers. They don't need to go back. They don't need to uh, ask for any changes. They can simply accept one of the offers. The second option is they can send all the offers back and say, all right, everyone, um, here is another shot for you. Resubmit at another number. It's a one-shot deal. So you got one more chance to make your deal better, uh, and that is an opportunity. That's the second option. Third option, which is a little more radical, that happens every once in a while, is the seller might decide to take their property off the market for a day or a few hours or whatever uh, and then relist at a higher price, Uh, again, giving uh, other parties the opportunity to come to the table with offers. Now, i got to tell you, options two and three are risky. You know, to go back to both parties or or all the parties and say, you know, resubmit another offer, I've seen it many times. I've been party to this before where the buyers all say, you know what, this is not fair. Uh, They're coming back to us, asking us to resubmit, so we're not going to come back. And as a result, the seller is left with nothing. They go from having two or three offers in hand to having nothing. It's a big risk for a seller. This is something that the listing agent needs to explain to them. So, Um, commonly the seller defaults to option number one which again was accepting one of the offers or uh, we'll call it 1a they have the ability to actually go choose one of the offers and uh, do some revisions they might counter the offer the key here is they can only counter one offer they can't counter both the reason for that is if they counter both offers and if both parties accept then the seller is in a bind because they sold their property to two separate parties And that is a legal quagmire that nobody wants to get into. But the seller can uh, choose to go back, uh, have some counter offers with one of the parties. If that party doesn't agree, um, potentially they could always default to the second party or the third party or whatever. There's just a lot of things that happen. But the bottom line is it's up to the seller. The seller gets to decide what they want to do. So stepping back a moment here, I was talking about my client who was wondering why they were not given the opportunity it's because of the fact that it was up to the, to the seller to decide. The other thing, too, is uh, the buyer said to me, he goes, well, did you tell the seller that we would consider uh, anything? Like, basically, we would pay more money for it. Uh, to which I said to him, no, because I was not authorized to do so. Uh, your agent is not authorized to do anything uh, unless you instruct them to do so. Uh, you think about it this way. If your agent submitted an offer on your behalf, And then you found out later that they said to your opposing party, hey, you know, this is just a starting price. You know, come back with whatever price you want. Uh, That is troublesome for the agent. The agent is not doing their job. Your agent is there to protect you in your best interest and also only to act uh, on your lawful instructions. So we cannot operate outside of what what we were given uh, from you, the client, the principal. Anyways, uh, um, long story short, if you can believe it, that first offer fell apart for whatever reason. Uh, and the seller came back to us a couple days later, and guess what? My guys ended up getting the house. Sometimes it just works out. Uh, but to him, uh, it was a learning experience. Uh, we managed to answer all the questions he has. goes without saying that he is much better equipped to enter into a multiple offer situation next time. Hopefully he won't have to, though, because this is meant to be his forever home. Uh so a lot of things to know but in summary a multiple offer situation there are rules of engagement uh and it is something that I've got to tell you uh it is best to have an agent who is very well experienced in this area because it is a potential um problem if an agent is newer and doesn't have the experience uh so you know just be very careful when you're selecting an agent is all I'm saying here thanks For listening, and again, if you have a question or a story you want to tell us about real estate, uh, we'll put it on the air here. Give us a call, 250-414-6540, or find us on the CFAX 1070 website. You can also also listen to us on podcasts through iTunes and Google Play. We need to take a quick break here, though. When we come back, we're going to have our episode of Why Can't I with Denise Webster. Back in a moment. You're listening to The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. You know, it's always great to have uh, Q&A, questions and answers, and frequently asked questions because, you know, real estate is a very complicated process, especially when it comes to money, you know, the mortgage side of things. Of course, it's always great having in our studio here... Our show sponsor and great supporter, Denise Webster. Denise is with Dominion Lending Dominion Lending Center's Modern Mortgage Group. Thanks for coming back.
1: Thanks, Tony. I love coming into the studio. How
0: many times now? This is a lot. Well, we got to count it. Uh, we're of these going days. into
1: our fifth, fourth season. Yep.
0: Yeah. 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 No, you've you've been here lots. We Love having you here because we know our listeners love the advice that you give because they call you.
1: They do. Yes. Yeah, and it, it's just been a great experience because we're all learning from each other as well with all the different guests we have. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, the whole experience of understanding every aspect of home buying and selling.
0: And a big part of that is mortgaging, and that's where you come in because you are, after all, the mortgage expert. Thank you. Um, we're going to have a little fun today because uh, we're, doing, we're playing this little game called Why Can't I? Because, you see, it happens a lot where a consumer, a buyer or seller, comes to either you or I. With that question. With that question. Why can't I do this? Why can't I do that? And we have a list of questions here that we're hoping to get through. You know, uh, as we've come to learn with this show, we often can't get through every question that we have planned. Right. Right. And sometimes more questions come up as we're having a conversation. Yeah. Yeah, Which is part of the fun. Uh, Before I forget, though, uh, people need to know if they have any questions. They can always reach you direct, right?
1: Yes, you bet. Give me a call in my cell to 50-889-4743 or shoot me an email to Denise at denisewebster.com.
0: All right, and when we start here right now, I want to touch on the fact that we've got some changes out there uh, in federal rules having to do with the stress test. You want to talk about it?
1: Yeah, you know what? It felt like a little bit of good news. Uh, oh,
0: my goodness. Yeah. It, Imagine it's, that. Yeah, I know. What, yeah. a, what a break. Uh, yes.
1: So the original stress test, uh, which came in in January 2018, uh, was qualifying uh, buyers at a higher interest rate than their actual contract rate so hedging for inflation making sure they could afford uh, their mortgage payment if rates went up so currently we've been stress testing everybody at the bank of canada's posted benchmark 5-year fixed rate of 5.19 mm-hmm. the new um, oh, okay okay so yep.
0: so so currently somebody needs to be able to qualify it's not that they're paying 5.19 Qualify. They have to be able to... The math needs to work so that they can make their payments yep, based if on if their that
1: mortgage rate. payment was calculated at 5.19 into the application, would they qualify? Would they debt service that mortgage payment?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, comparatively right now, I mean, what do you get a... What can you get a five-year for? So, forward?
1: these uh, are lowest rates right now on a five-year fixed insured mortgage, meaning you put less than 20% down on your primary home, yep. uh, is about 2.69.
0: Okay, so... They need to qualify at 5.19 even though they're just going to be paying 2.69. Correct. Yeah. and That's a big spread. Yeah. Okay.
1: So the new rule uh, implementing on April 6th will be that we are going to use the actual contract rate plus 2%. So that would have been 4.69 in this scenario instead of qualifying at 5.19.
0: Oh, so wasn't it? uh, So isn't it right now? The greater of is it like yes. plus two and okay yeah so got it, it got is it.
1: either the contract rate plus two or the greater being the benchmark which okay. is in most cases yeah so now it is just going to be the contract rate plus two percent
0: okay so there's still there's still a stress test in there yes it which just, is not a bad thing yep right yeah because people need to know that if the rates go up that they're not going to be
1: yeah, that's a common question from clients too. What's going to happen at the end of my five-year term if rates are through the roof? Am I still going to qualify? Yeah. And to be able to say, well, look, you've already qualified at 5% or 4%. And you know, it, gives, it does give our borrowers a little bit of uh, confidence knowing that they have debt serviced at that higher rate. So I don't think the stress test is a bad thing, yep. but it just was not in line with where our rates are. So this is a lot more in line with actually following the market of our fixed rates.
0: Okay, so when they implemented the stress test, I realize we're not getting to our questions yet. I mean, we we, want to flesh this one out here. This is important. Yeah. So when the stress test came in, what happened was it affected consumer buying power by a significant amount.
1: Oh, yeah. It it decreased your purchase power by about 20%.
0: So, for instance, if somebody was qualified for a $700,000 house... All of a sudden, I think we did the math before.
1: I, it was about 600 now. It yeah, was or 580 it was, or 600. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah so, so nothing changed. Their income didn't change. Their job didn't change. You know, just the Bank of Canada said, this is what you got to do now. So all of a sudden, people went from, I might be able to buy a house to seven at seven yep. to, oh my goodness, I can only afford now a townhouse. Yeah. Or something.
1: And it pushed them out of the area they were usually looking in. Yeah. 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 So again, prior to the original stress test, people were qualifying on the actual contract rate. Mm hmm right? Then the stress came in. Now the new stress tests, we go and kind of go back and back to that contract rate plus 2%. All
0: right. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to loosen things up a
1: little bit. For them. Yeah, but I just want one thing to be pretty put out there, just so you understand. I think as a mortgage broker, we're going to be really cautious about this as well, though, because if ratios are really tight and we have qualified you at that current fixed rate and the 2%, and it's a pre-approval, so you haven't actually made an offer yet. Um, And rates move. The five-year fixed rate moves up and down. So we are continually going to have to refresh that pre-approval. You're going to have to keep checking in with your mortgage broker to say, is my pre-approval still good? If the original pre-approval was really tight. Because just, you know, 10 basis points or 0.1% can change things in your mortgage application. So instead of having a pretty fixed stress test of that benchmark rate, what we've been doing, yeah. we're now going to be really watching that five-year fixed rate plus 2% and keep adjusting the pre-approval.
0: Well, yeah, so that's an important thing too because if somebody has gotten their pre-approval from their bank or from their lender like a year ago oh yeah, and they've decided now, I want to start looking at houses and I should be fine because I got pre-approved a year ago. Yeah. Uh, oh, make sure that you,
1: yeah, and you, and re-
0: you refresh that.
1: Absolutely. And again, it comes down to like how how close were you pushing the envelope on this? Like, Mm -hmm. are you really going right to those maximum lending ratios or did you have a lot of wiggle room? That's something your broker should be pretty clear. You should understand how you've qualified and how much wiggle room you have. So, you know, a lot of the times my conversation with my clients is, you know, here is your maximum purchase price, but I don't think you're going to be comfortable here. That's a lot more in a mortgage payment than you've been paying in rent. Mm -hmm. So we work backwards and, you know, tell me what your budget is. And that's a much better way to figure out what your purchase price should be. Yeah. is a really comfortable budget for them Well, you know, it's, it's funny
0: because when that stress test thing came in and, and uh, market areas like Vancouver or Toronto, they've been bemoaning this because it, it's not been good for their markets. No, not right? at all. So uh, when the stress test came in, uh, I got calls from media uh, uh, asking if I had clients that were going to be affected by this stress test. And it's funny, and I, I called you as well too. Like none of my clients were borrowing all the way up to their limit all of our yeah. clients they already had you know if they knew they could uh, qualify up to a million they're only still looking in the seven hundred thousand. yeah right yeah so
1: that's exactly that conversation i'm having
0: yeah so yeah. the trick is you know if you're at the limit you know that's that's when things start getting a little scary exactly yeah, yeah. uh all right so uh stress tests again if anyone has any stress test uh questions uh give denise webster a call uh she's here happy to answer them um the the change in the rate you said earlier will will it's
1: going to be based on that five year fixed rate right it, now. Yeah, and plus it plus two percent
0: and affordability. People might be able to afford another 3%. three to five
1: three to five percent. I think it's going to affect the okay. purchase power. Yeah, and if you already have an approval out there right now, or you've got your pre approval, don't be alarmed. This stress test is a good. This change is a good thing. It probably hasn't. It's only improved your pre-approval or your actual uh, approval. So don't panic and have to call and say, what's going to happen now with the new stress test? It's probably just helped your application a little bit.
0: Yeah. Well, it's just a reminder to call your mortgage broker or call Denise. Call Denise Webster. (laughs) There's only one mortgage broker in town. Oh, my Denise goodness. With no. yeah, so you're going to have busy phones. Oh, great. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, listen, you know what we're going to do? We, uh, we've exhausted this segment here. Yes. That's all right. We have two more, and we want to get on to why can't I. Yeah. And uh, uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is going to be a fun episode here because, again, uh, Denise and I get the opportunity to talk about all the things that maybe you've been wondering about, things that we seldom talk about uh, ourselves because, you know... You know,
1: but then, when we do talk about it, we find yes, we are getting these questions. Oh, absolutely! Yeah,
0: absolutely. Well, we need to take a quick break, and uh, when we come back, we're gonna start up our episode of Why Can't I... dot 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 with Denise Webster. Back in a moment. Now, the Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to the Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Our show comes to you every week with the support of our show partners. Denise Webster, Mortgage Broker with Dominion Lending Center's Modern Mortgage Group, J.P. Sellers, Insurance Advisor at Westland Insurance, operating as Island Savings Insurance, the Sitka Law Group for your real estate, wills and estates, corporate and personal injury needs, and Shoreline Inspections with Reese Jacob and Monica Gass. If you're in the process of buying or selling a home right now, and if you need some help in all of these areas, mortgages, home insurance, legal aspects, uh, building inspections, or myself in the world of real estate, Give us a call we'd be happy to help you you can find all of our contact information on our page on the cfax1070.com website look under shows and you'll find us the whole home show with me tony joe we would all be happy to help you we're here in the studio today with show partner denise webster she's our uh mortgage broker extraordinaire uh we are just about to start up our little episode which we're calling why can't i Dot dot dot. Why can't? I? Are you ready?
1: I'm ready. Okay. It's be fun.
0: All right. Well, I've got it. I've got some questions here, and like I said, we very seldom get through all of them.
1: I know. We'll do our best here. Uh, we'll okay. Try not to go too deep into it.
0: Okay. Okay. I'm going to start. Okay. Okay. All right. So, um, with mortgages, why can't I pad the purchase price of a property on paper so that I can use the excess as a down? Name it. okay, I need to describe this yes. one to, to, to listeners here the right listeners understand okay. this. so for instance, you got an800,000 dollars house. Why can't I offer to the seller, hey, I'll give you 850 and then that extra 50 grand you kick it back to me and then that's my down payment. you know I mean, hey, it sounds pretty reasonable, but is it?
1: Not at all. Okay. okay, so there's a few couple, couple areas that are going to go wrong. And very quickly, so okay. um
0: then it go sideways? Bad. Sideways. Let's yeah, say yeah, that. Okay. So,
1: okay. First and foremost, we probably have to do a market appraisal on that property. Mm-hmm. And what if the fair market value of that home is eight hundred thousand? So, an appraiser's going to do some comparables and find what is selling like a similar home like that in this current market condition. And if it came in at eight hundred, well, guess what? You need to come up with the additional fifty thousand that now. I was just given that you yeah, thought okay. you were just given. So right, now right. you've fallen really short. Yes. Um, another thing, uh, at completion, the lawyer is also obligated to reveal any kind of um, um, side deals like that. If there's something of an incentive in the contract, that has to be communicated to the lender. The lawyer oh, is acting on a for second. you yeah, yeah. and the lender.
0: Oh, so the lawyer doesn't just work for the, the buyer. buyer. No, uh-huh. no
1: they are rep- they, the lawyer is getting uh, what we call mortgage instructions in order to complete the sale. And they are acting for you, the buyer, yep. and they are acting for the lender to communicate that the same information is going between the buyer and the lender uh, so and the seller. So
0: they need to inform the lender if there's a side deal going yeah. on or something like that. So
1: this is common and and we have to get it fixed because it, they're in a new build. Quite often we can see a cash incentive that says, you know, upon completion, uh, we'll give you $5,000 towards um, window lamps. coverings. Yeah, yes, Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, if that is actually been included in the purchase price originally, is that market house actually or the market price really less than less $5,000? If it wasn't there. Yeah. Okay. So it has to be very clearly put into that contract that if there is an incentive, it is not part of the purchase price. Mm -hmm. Okay. So those, those we can deal with if it's very clearly stated that the true market value or the purchase price is what it is and any incentive is not included in that Well, basically price. what you're saying
0: is it has to be legit.
1: It has to be legit. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, the, yeah, uh, down payment, you said. So could you use that extra 50000 for your down payment? Yeah. Well, gosh, you're not going to have that money in your bank account until completion date. That's right. And we've got to verify that you've got the down payment to the lender at the time of before we remove conditions. Yeah. We've got to show the lender where is the down payment coming from. We are obligated to uh, follow the Money Laundering Act, and that's going to be showing a lender three months worth of your bank statements or investment statements. Yeah, because
0: you need to. The bank needs to know that that money was in the account for yeah. three months or whatever. So right?
1: if there was short fifty thousand, the lender says, "Well, how the heck are you going to close this purchase? Yeah, yeah. where's this other fifty thousand? Oh, wait, it's an incentive. Yeah. Wait, the purchase price is wrong. Okay, does that make sense? So, oh, so
0: actually, what it boils down to is that is fraud. Yes. This is a completely fraudulent Absolutely, situation.
1: Absolutely, one hundred percent.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, believe it or not, we were asked this question like two weeks ago.
1: Well, and it usually comes from a very innocent stance of thinking. Doesn't this make sense? Why can't I? (laughs)
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that answers it right there. Yeah, right. Uh, And even you know, this is this has changed. I mean, twenty years ago, we used to do things that were okay. Yeah. But the the rules change. You talked about you talked about um, uh, money laundering, right? I mean, this is an issue as well, too, right?
1: Yeah, we have to be able to explain any large lump sum deposit in a bank account or an investment statement. Where did it come from and where's the paper trail?
0: Got it. That's great. Question number one, why can't I? Why can't I pad the down payment? Well, there's the answer right there. You can't. Yes. Yeah, fraud. Let's just say fraud. Okay. Yeah, fraud bad. Yes. All right, you got one for me? I sure do. Okay.
1: Okay. Why can't we go and get a deal from the listing agent for this property that I like?
0: Oh. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So this is this is when.
1: Well, you we want you to go talk to the listing agent on the side, and why can't we get a better deal?
0: Ah, uh, ah, uh, okay, okay. Well, so there's a few things we we need to we need to talk about agency. So the listing agent, the person that is representing the seller, uh, is looking after the best interests of the seller, right? Uh, if you have your own uh, agent as a buyer, then our job is to look after the buyer's best interest, right? The two Um,
1: should never overlap. The two
0: should shouldn't. Well, we can't nowadays too, right? Because the rules have changed. There's no more limited dual agency, as they used to call it, where the listing agent cannot uh, uh, represent both parties. Um, You know, an adjustment to your question is kind of, if you're a buyer, why don't you just go directly to the listing agent if there's no buyer agent involved? Right. Right? And then, uh, you know, ask for a deal. You could. You you know, frankly, there's no harm asking. But the reality is um, the seller or the seller's agent is not obligated to give you any sort of deal. Let's not forget that as a buyer, you are the opponent. Yes. You are the uh, adversary, right? And the seller and the seller's agent are working together to get their best result, which is a reminder that, you know, any buyer should make sure that they get their own representation.
1: Absolutely. And you know, I get that, I get that question. Like, do I need an agent? I'm a buyer. Do I really need somebody? I met this, the seller uh, as an agent when I was there. And, you know, this was again before the dual agency yeah, yeah. came in and I just, you know, it's a really simple answer. Well, who's representing you then? Like yeah. who's, who's got your best interests in mind if you're actually being represented by the seller's agent?
0: Well, you know, I, I cause people, I think people think about it like going to a car lot yeah, is you go to a car lot, you pick out the car, and then you know you hash out a deal with the manager, and there you go, right? Yeah, uh, this is a much more complicated process. Um, people need to understand that if you're not represented, it's something called a non-client or unrepresented buyer nowadays, and the only information that the listing agent, the agent for the seller, can provide you is general information, yeah. what's the size of the house. What's the, you know, um, uh, you know, what schools are nearby? They cannot give you advice on pricing, negotiation. They can't give you opinions about what they feel the property is worth. You're on your own. Yeah. So how are you going to know if, you, if you're doing the right thing? Yep. Right? I mean, it's like going to the seller directly. Are, are, are they going to tell you the bad things about the house? Right.
1: Right. They Never. have no obligation. No. There's no there's no agency agreement in place.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So anyways, the bottom line is hey, you can always ask. There's no harm in asking anything, right? Um, but just know that these things are structured the way they are for, for And a are you
1: really getting the honest answers if you're asking?
0: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. There we go. All right. How about how about you? Let's give you another question okay. here. Okay. Why can't I? This one's gotta be short because we have a break coming up here in okay. a second. Um Oh, how about this one? Why can't I withhold information on my application, my mortgage application?
1: Wow. So like just a bold lie or just, oh, something oh, I, I forgot to I forgot to, to mention. tell you about the repossession, yeah, my car yeah. repossession. Okay. So one thing I'd love to stress is um, that you are being Googled. Lenders are actually Googling. Seriously? Yes. Oh, Yeah. So if you've got a, you know, a self-employed, you've got a business, guess what? They are looking at your business. They want to see if it's a legit business. Is it online? I do that too. I need to know that I'm submitting a very um, accurate and all the information filled into my application. I don't want to look like a dummy and not have actually done my research because I know the lenders are doing that. So. If you've just said, you know, this is my business, this is what I'm selling, this is here it is, and and we can't find you any kind of information online, there's a bit of a red flag. You can't
0: hide. You can't hide nowadays. Yeah.
1: The other thing is your credit bureau says a lot about your application. Um, So you know, you may have forgot that you had a student loan still or something. (laughs) That's fine. That's fine. I'm actually going to go through your credit report. With a fine-tooth comb and have that conversation with you. Hey, did you know about this student loan? Oh, yeah, I forgot about it. No problem. Here it is. Let's adjust. Sometimes honest. Adjust. Absolutely. Yeah. But it's also a great experience to go through the credit report with the client because did you apply for this Walmart MasterCard? No. Well, wait a minute. Do we have something going on in your fraud. credit? Fraud. And it's yeah. happened. I've just dis- I've discovered things on clients' credit bureaus that they did not apply for. We've been able to repair their credit within a month. Um, you know, it's such an important part of the application and it does say a lot about the application. So if you've withheld it on purpose, um, and this is a, you know, we've done a full pre-approval, you've made a purchase and there is something that you haven't disclosed, I guarantee you the lender's going to find it and it will happen in the 11th hour because now it's gone through all the systems, it made it through the cracks, but in that final audit before your purchase closes, man, that's deep. They are doing a full audit of the application. If something fell through or came out right in the end, you sure don't want to be in that position of having your purchase So, fall So
0: the bottom line is you will be found out.
1: Yes. You will be found out. I'm doing a lot of hard work <laughs> okay. on the background, so are the lenders.
0: We are playing today. Why can't I? We need to take a quick break here, though. Uh, we'll be rejoining Denise Webster back in just a moment.
1: This is The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070.
0: Thanks for coming back. You're listening to the Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. We're playing a fun game of why can't I dot 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 Why can't I do this? Why can't I do that when I'm looking at buying or selling real estate? And of course, my co-host for the day today is our show partner Denise Webster with Dominion Lending Centers Modern Mortgage Group. We're having fun, huh?
1: We are. This is great.
0: Okay, might uh, have to
1: do two of these.
0: I know. <laughs> uh, we we've only gotten through. We got like three, three? questions, and we, we got, got whole a whole list. This. <laughs> all right, all right. What's next? What do we got?
1: Uh, your turn. You asked me something.
0: Um, oh, how about this one? Why can't I qualify for a mortgage when I have a part-time job?
1: Ah, uh-huh. great great question. Income uh-huh. is such a big factor of your application, and how do lenders look at your income? Yeah. So you can have a part-time job if it's a permanent part-time job, meaning you have regular part-time weekly hours at a, reg- at a uh, fixed- Hourly rate. Mm-hmm. Um, so if your job letter said that you're in a permanent part-time position, then we can qualify on that income. We can actually do the math of the hourly... Okay, so for
0: instance, that could be like a restaurant uh, employee or something, right?
1: Uh, Yes, I guess so, but you better sure be able to provide a pay stub that is always consistently of course that 30 hours a week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So yeah. if it said um they work an average of 30 hours a week and I get a pay stub for 20 hours that one week, yeah, that is called fluctuating income. Ah. There is nothing guaranteeing that you get 30 hours a week. Sometimes you get on call work. You yeah. might have seasonal work. So the big key to this income is if it fluctuates, you have to have had that job for two years. Wow. So we are going to resort to a two-year average of your T4s, a two-year average of maybe, um, uh, well, yeah, it, this is a T4 position. You're an employee. So uh, until you, if you don't have a two-year average and we see inconsistent hours on your pay stubs, I'm sorry, you guys, but you can't qualify. It is, you have to have had two years of well, pretty consistent income. Well, because it it's
0: risky for the lender.
1: Absolutely. What yeah. are we really banking on that yeah. you might um, get laid off or... Um, that you might just suddenly have, uh, you know, two bad weeks of ten hours a week, and guess what? You might default your mortgage payment. It's yeah. always going to be looked uh, okay, at from so, a risk assessment. So the
0: main thing here is it's not like if if you have part-time work, that doesn't mean that you can't get a mortgage. No, it just needs to be. Yeah, consistent.
1: I think the key to that is: does your income fluctuate, or can you rely on consistent hours or consistent income? So another form of fluctuating income, you guys, is overtime. Yep. Um, bonuses. And again, that's seasonal work. So anytime we see that, we have to have a two-year average. So if you say, oh, I've got this great job, but I'm working, you know, it says I've got 20 hours a week, but I'm actually working 40 because it's this overtime, but then I have inconsistent pay stubs. I can't use that overtime income. I can only use the guaranteed 20 hours a week or whatnot. So it is something that, quite often surprises borrowers because they really feel like they're making really great income. Yeah. They've been doing it, but it's less than two years. Yeah. Our hands are tied. Well this is the
0: thing, you know, if they're getting a regular check and it feels like yeah. but there's that classification, right? Two Whether year it's permanent, average. permanent or part time, right?
1: Two year average. Two year average. Just gotta year stress average. that one.
0: Two year average. There For you sure. go. For sure.
1: Okay, your turn. Sure. Okay. Uh let's see here. Why can't I make an offer on a property before I've been Approved, pre-approved, like for finance. Oh well, this is actually this is that's a good question
0: for you too, <laughs> I actually, isn't it? Uh, well, well I,
1: I like your answer on this one. I think this is important for any buyer to know about working with a real estate agent. You yeah. know, just to go in blindly and say, "Let's just go make an offer."
0: Okay, so for instance, I I met with a, a young couple a couple of weeks ago, and they were awaiting their qualification for uh for mortgage, mm-hmm. uh, and they wanted to have a look at a couple of houses. And I said, you know what. It's be best for you guys to wait until you get uh, everything formalized with the bank and make sure everything's fine. There's a good chance that you're going to end up qualifying for more right. than you thought because because what they did, which most people do, is they went online and they did one of those calculators, you know, yes. right? And so when you do that calculator, you go, oh, I can afford you know X amount of dollars. Anyways, they called me back on the next Monday, which which they had planned to, and they said, oh, bad news. Oh, it's because of. Um, <laughs> Uh, well, not permanent, not part-time part time or permanent. Oh, it's fluctuating uh, income. Self employed, oh. right? He's self employed. Yes. So it affected their application, and all of it. They were not able to. Um, didn't
1: even dive into that one, but yeah, yeah.
0: maybe later. But yep. um, they weren't able to qualify for as much as they thought. So as wow. it turns out, it was a good thing that we didn't show them that house because. If they liked it and they fell in love with it... um, Now you're breaking hearts. Yeah. Now, however, we're on a program, so we're keeping them up to date with what's happening in the marketplace uh, and they're saving uh, and they're going to be able to pull it off maybe in about six or or nine months. Um, But the trick is, you know, you don't want to jump in because the other thing too is if you love the house, you make an offer, uh, you get an agreement, and then all of a sudden you got to collapse the deal, then you 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 got an unhappy seller, Mm -hmm. unhappy realtors, and then you, as the buyer, are unhappy. Like that's a no-win well, situation and just for anyone.
1: It's a little bit of you know. I, you should never be wasting people's resources, their time, by oh. doing your due diligence and getting that pre-approval. You also are going in really with a lot of confidence, knowing that a this is a house I know I can afford. Yeah,
0: and and you know the um, sellers expect their realtors to qualify people before even showing them properties. Absolutely. So, you know, whenever we have a failure and where the other agent says, oh, my people couldn't, you know, get the mortgage, our question is, why are you even working with them? Mm-hmm. Right? Um, it's not good for anyone. Mm-mm. You know, get that pre-approval done first. Speak to your mortgage broker like Denise Webster. <laughs> right? You betcha. Okay.
1: You'll feel a lot better when you start that process of looking at houses.
0: For sure. Yeah. And, then, and then you're in a much better negotiating position, too. Oh,
1: yeah. Right? If yeah. You, and,
0: and, and we should talk about the difference between pre-approved and pre-qualified. Yes. right? I mean, we want to make sure, and I'm I'm talking for you here, we want to make sure that the buyer has given you uh, pay stubs, uh, employment history, all that stuff, and not just had a conversation.
1: In a real quick nutshell, I'll I'll explain that. So a pre-approval or even being pre-qualified means that we've done our due diligence, we've looked at your credit, we've looked at your income, we've looked at uh, maybe a second property that you had. We've done all the math and we figured out where you're qualified. And we've actually verified these with your documents. Okay, so now I say you are pre-approved, you're ready to go make an offer, but your full approval is actually the accepted offer because the lender has to like the house you're buying as well. Yeah. So that's your full approval when you've got the purchase agreement.
0: How important, how important. Uh, okay, you know, I'm looking at the time right now. Okay. We, we, you know, we're you going to do another one of these because we've we've only covered a couple of questions here, right? Um, I want to ask you a good one. How about, oh, there's so many good ones to oh. choose from. Okay. Um. Okay, here's one. This is a bit of a loaded one. Some why can't I get an approval and then switch to a bank before my sale happens?
1: Oh well, that'll hurt my feelings. (laughs)
0: Yes, (laughs) don't hurt Denise's feelings.
1: Okay. Um, Well, gosh. because people do sometimes, right? They do, Um, and you know what? It can be the rate game. Somebody just thinks they've dangled a carrot of a really awesome rate, and they think, okay, you know what? I didn't get the best rate. I got to go get another approval somewhere. Yeah. But and then you, we're
0: talking somebody that already has a sale, they're already uh, unconditional, their... they're all good, but they want to maybe switch gears uh, in between, right? Yep.
1: Yeah. So um, here's one thing that I don't think anybody out there would really think about. So now you've kind of left your approval, you've got it in place, and you go to another broker or another bank and um, you submit your application. If this was an insured mortgage, meaning you put less than 20% down and that CMHC is involved, now if that bank or the new broker sent your application to the same insurer where oh, your approval already existed, know. yeah. You you could end up and there was one little bit of difference, though maybe you just forgot to give all the information to the new. So if anything is different in those two applications that went to CMHC, yep. You could lose both approvals like oh, that. Yeah. Yeah, and A, uh, first and foremost, CMHC is not going to ensure two approvals. They're, yeah. they're going to call the broker right away and say, what what's happened here? Call the first
0: broker, probably. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: say, why do we have another application? So you could be just absolutely… You're um, playing with fire. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, well, this
0: thing, because you know what? If you already got a, a good rate and you're already approved and you've gotten the service of a great mortgage broker, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I can only imagine the reason why somebody might change is if maybe somebody else is enticing them saying, well, you should come to well, me. Well, and sometimes you it know? can be,
1: uh, uh, you know, sometimes a young first-time homebuyer can be very influenced by their parents and their parents mm-hmm. want to say, go, go to our th- bank. Yeah, yeah, We've yeah. been dealing with them for years. Yeah, yeah. Um, but another thing to think about is uh, the time sensitivity. If you're doing this again in the 11th hour, yeah. you are really affecting a lot of people in the transaction. So, um, you Oh, know. because
0: you're going to need another appraisal. Yes. And then the seller is going to be calling and go, how come I'm getting an appraisal? Yeah, Our sale you're is...
1: alarming the seller. What the heck are you coming yeah. for access in the house again? Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And how about the lawyer that started to prepare your mortgage yeah. documents yeah. and now you've changed everything? You could incur some more legal fees because you've just changed all their mortgage paperwork to a new lender. Yep. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. I, to answer that one, you better know, you better have a really darn good reason to be doing that. And you probably want to go back to your original approval and explain why. Yeah. Why would you be doing this? And then you'll understand if there is any risk about moving your mortgage in the 11th hour.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, unfortunately, we have only another quick minute or two. And I, hit, and I want to hit you up with another question. Oh, okay. I right okay. Right? Yeah. And you, you're under a time crunch okay. here. Um, uh, oh, where was I going with this here? Oh, why? First, when you why can't I? Why can't I prepay a mortgage, like at my leisure? Oh, I all of a sudden came up with another hundred grand or whatever. One six forty nine. Okay, I want to. I want to chuck that in there. Why can't I?
1: Well, you actually probably can if you had a really good. Mortgage broker explaining the product of your mortgage. Yeah. You know, rate is not everything. You better know the fine print of your mortgage. Terms. So, yeah, terms. Yeah. So what are my prepayment privileges? Can I make lump sum payments? Do I have to wait for the anniversary date, like annual, to make a lump sum? Because that really sucks. If you've got the money, yeah. you're ready to do it now. If you're told no, come back in eight months and do it on the anniversary date. You might spend it. You'll do, You'll go buy a hot yeah. tub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. So this is really important. Understand the terms of your agreement. Make sure you have good prepayment privileges. And the one thing I would stress is when you get enticed by a really, really low rate out there, it is probably a no-frills mortgage. And what that means is that some of these prepayment privileges have been taken away. There could be a severe penalty if you break your five-year term. So... um, You can definitely pay your mortgage very aggressively if you're with a good standard full-term mortgage. We've got lump sum privileges. We've got payment increase privileges. And you can sometimes double up your payments on any payment date. This is important.
0: Things to know. And this is what you need a mortgage expert like Denise Webster for. Because the thing is, you're not limited just to one bank's products. You have access to everything. Part of your job is to uh, make sure you know all these things.
1: Absolutely. I have to show that we've got options for our buyers out there.
0: All right. Uh, buyers need to call you.
1: Please do. Yes. Uh, my cell is 250-889-4743, and my email is denise at denisewebster.com. Uh,
0: you know, I think the next time we do Why Can't I, uh, two things. First of all, we're going to have to have a three-hour episode. Yes. <laughs> right? And the second thing, we're standing up today, so we're not in our usual... Uh, b- I feel very energetic.
1: Oh, yeah, it is good. Oh, my goodness. A hand movement's going uh, on exactly. here. We are Thanks for feet. coming.
0: Thanks for coming, Denise. And, Thank uh, you, Tony. We'll have you back. And to our rest of our listeners, we we'll hear for you this time next week.